thank you so much for the privilege of coming on a Wednesday night. When I received the invitation, there were about seven weeks. There were seven lectionary readings. They said, we'd like for you to pick one, but we want you to come on this date. I said, why? They said, well, we're starting out with the good preachers. And we want you down toward the end. There'll be one more. I said, who's the last one? They said, Carl Stegall. I said, well, that's okay. I'll be glad to do this. But I appreciate Dr. Stegall being here. When I came into the conference as a young man, he was an older guy that generally gave me some good help and direction through my early ministry. I didn't know we'd have so many outstanding preachers here. You got a great staff of ministers, preachers. Didn't realize a bishop would be here. And Carl, I mean, you got some great preachers, but the greatest preacher in our conference is none of those. It's the lady sitting by the bishop, his wife, who spoke at annual conference a couple of years ago, and it was the best sermon we ever had at annual conference, and she is the best preacher. And I love Ms. Lillian here. She's running this show. I tell you, she is efficient. I don't know what they pay you, but it ain't enough, whatever it is. And when Jay came here, I said, Jay, I've been here a long time, been in the ministry. Let me give you some pastoral advice. I can tell you how you can be the greatest preacher that First Methodist has ever had. He said, how's that? I said, each Sunday you preach about four or five minutes and let your wife sing the next 15 minutes and you'll be the most popular guy anywhere. And he has done that fairly well. But I appreciate him and his leadership, appreciate this church and the great voice for Methodism that it is in our annual conference and in our denomination. Uh, in selecting the lectionary reading for this particular time, the 23rd Psalm. I'd like to focus on it and talk for just a few minutes about a song, a psalm for all seasons. Whatever the circumstances, you can go to the 23rd Psalm and find a song that resonates with every need that we have. Let me just walk through it with you real quickly. It begins by saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, that's key. It doesn't say the Lord is some shepherd. It doesn't say that the Lord is a shepherd. David said the Lord is my shepherd. What makes the 23rd Psalm so powerful? It is the intimate relationship between David and the shepherd. It's the sheep and the shepherd. When he is my shepherd, I want to show you what can happen in our lives. There are three basic things that I, this song gives to us whatever season. And we've been through the toughest season in the last year that most of us have ever lived. But whether it's bad or good or whatever it is, whatever it is, this psalm has to offer to us. Number one, it offers to us the fact that God guides us. God guides. First, it says he guides us to the green pastures. Sheep have to have green pastures. Sheep can't see very far in front of them. Sheep are low to the ground. They can't get up and look around and see green pastures. Around Jerusalem and in that part of Israel, there's a lot of desert land. You have to look for green pastures. Let me say to you, when the going gets tough and you need some green pastures, some place of solitude, some place where you can be invigorated, some place where you can be inspired, from where we stand, we can't see it. But the good shepherd can. And part of the shepherd's responsibility is to find those green pastures and lead the sheep to them. And then it says in verse 2, to the still waters. It's a very arid desert land. 
Sheep's noses are so constructed that they can't drink from water that's running very rapidly. You've got to find not only water, but still water. And the good shepherd takes the sheep out to those still waters. Let me tell you, we need that. Somebody just said, uh, life's a rat race. If it's a rat race and you win, that only makes you the number one rat. If life is tough and there's not enough hours in the day, we need to stop and find some green pastures and some still waters. And a third place he guides us, it says God guides us, verse 3, to the right paths, the paths of righteousness. Now think about it for a moment. If you've been to Jerusalem, to Israel, it's very arid, it's very dirt-like. And if a lot of sheep start walking in any direction, they leave a path in the dirt. Wherever some sheep go, there's a path that's left. So when they get up every morning and a little sheep looks around, there are a multitude of paths. Now, what's the right path? Only the shepherd knows the right path that can lead to the green pastures and the still waters. Can I say to you and me, when we look around today, we're being bombarded from every kind of social media, from every kind of news media. This is what you need to do. This is how you ought to think. We're bombarded with so many options. The good shepherd knows how to lead us to the right paths. Now, we sometimes get on the wrong path. That happens to all of us. I saw a cartoon the other day. One sheep said to the other, all of us are like humans. We go astray. Sheep wander. Sheep sort of get away from the group sometimes. What we need to do is to know that the Good Shepherd wants to show us the right paths. So it's a song for all seasons. It's a song that says to me that God's going to guide us. Whatever you brought to this service of worship tonight, whatever's troubling you, whatever challenges you have, I can assure to you that if the Lord is my shepherd, then he's going to take me to the green pastures, to the still waters, and to the right paths. Now, not only does God guide, but God provides. A lot of us know, well, God's going to guide me, but can God provide for me in whatever I need? One of the things that faithful people have discovered about 2020 is that whatever the situation God had an ample supply of everything that his people needed to meet that situation. Sometimes God leads us out into tough places. We're not sure we want to go there. I can assure us that wherever God leads us, he always provides everything that we need in that place. God provides for us. Now look, he restores my soul. He provides restoration. If a little sheep gets lost... What does a shepherd do? He doesn't sit down with his accountant and say, well, we've got 99 here, that's good enough. Uh -uh. If you have 100 sheep and there are only 99 there, the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes out and starts looking and searching and hunting until he finds that one. And some of the most beautiful pieces of art are those that depict the shepherd coming back to the flock with a little sheep on his shoulder and brings him back to the safety of the fold. I'm glad I worship a God who doesn't tell me you got to be perfect. You can't make any mistakes. 
In the Methodist, we believe in the doctrine of perfection that we're moving on towards perfection. We don't reach it, but we're going in that direction. And we're not perfect because we're going to make mistakes. The good news is that God's going to provide. Wherever we are, he's going to come looking for us until he finds us. So he provides by restoring us. He provides when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, this is a tough one. Over 500,000 people have died since this time last year with COVID. And every one of us has had somebody in our families or friends who've been touched by death. Death is tough. I've had funerals for all age groups in the last year. Death is something that's inevitable. It's going to happen. Somebody said to me the other day, now John Ed, if I die, I said, it's not if. It's when I die. They said, well, well, when I die, will you do my funeral? I said, well, you better not wait around another 40 years if you want that to come to pass. I would love to be able to do it. Death is a part of it, but that's a valley. Notice what it says. He provides because we go through the valley. If you go in the valley and sit down, you can have a pity party for yourself and you can feel how bad things are and you can become overwhelmed and if you never deal with grief creatively, it'll kill you. But God wants to lead us through the valley. Now the valley's gonna be there. Let me ask you, have you ever seen a picture of a sheep that was on a valley? Where do we always see pictures of sheep? Up on the hilltops, on the mountaintops. But, but think about it a minute. If a little sheep is over here on this hilltop and wants to go to this hilltop, what's it got to go through first? Unless he can fly. If the sheep can't fly, he's got to come down and go through the valley to the next hilltop. Let me say in 2021, God's got some great hilltops for your church. God's got some great mountain experiences. He's got some great dreams for you as an individual. But sometimes he carries us through the valley. And it's in the valleys that we learn some of the most valuable lessons of life. But God will provide whatever you need through the valley of the shadow of death. And then he says, in the presence of mine enemies, you prepare a table. Now, I like this. It's not a one of us that doesn't have some kind of enemy. Not a one of us that hadn't had somebody do something to us that wasn't right. How do we deal with that? In the presence of our enemies, he'll prepare a table. What do we designate a table today? A peace table? Where do families do their best conversation? Around the table. And what God wants to do is to provide, when we're at odds with people, a table where talk and restoration can occur. He wants to provide that. I saw a cute cartoon the other day about a little boy who had misbehaved and his daddy said, well, now tonight when the family sits down to eat, we're going to put you a table over here by yourself and you're going to eat your meal by yourself. So the family sat down to eat and put him at his table by himself. And to make matters worse, the father said, all right, and also you're going to say the blessing. The little boy just said, Lord, thank you for preparing me a table right here in the presence of all my enemies. <laughs> Let me tell you, wherever it is, whatever we need, God provides. Let me ask a question. How much does God provide? 
How much do you think God will provide for whatever it is you need? Each of us here is in a different situation. We've come with a different agenda. Each of us needs God's provision. How much will he provide? What did David say? He anoints our head with oil, and he talks about a cup that's 95% full. Is that how much God provides? Or he talks about a cup that's 98% full. Uh-uh. How much does God provide? How, how much is a cup? My cup does what? Would you say that again? My cup? That means God provides more than we could ever need. So God guides, God provides, and lastly, God abides. That's the good news. God abides with us. And look, in every situation, like verse 6, he said, surely goodness and mercy follow along with me every day of my life. Isn't that a great thought? When you get up in the morning, as soon as you get out of bed, say, mercy, goodness, we're going together today. That's good company to keep. Now, if you want to have a grouchy attitude and a bad attitude toward life, and you want to talk about and grumble about how bad things are, that, that's a different group to hang around with. What God wants to abide with us is through goodness and mercy. And let me say every day, I need mercy. We need mercy. I had a picture made just not long ago, and I just said to the photographer, would you do me justice? He said, John Ed, you don't need justice. You need mercy. <laughs> In life, I, we, we need judgment, but, but most of all, we need mercy. With goodness and mercy. Now, how often will God abide with you and me? It says here, all the days. Now, what does all the days mean? means every one of them. Now, if you find a day that doesn't end in Y, maybe God's not going to be there that day. But all the days of my life, God's going to be with me. And then it says, we'll come to death. That will happen. But that's not the end. Then I will dwell forever in my Father's house. The word dwell is very interesting. It's different from being a tourist. I was in Jasper, Alabama last week. I went there and spent a night. I was just a tourist. I didn't live there. The folks lived there. They were residents. I was a tourist. I came in and left. You see, heaven isn't going to be a place where we're tourists, where we check in and then check out. It's going to be a place where we dwell forever and ever and ever in his presence. That's what the good news of Easter is all about, that he's lived, died, and risen again, that each of us might have eternal life. So here's a psalm for all seasons, all seasons. Whatever it is that confronts you, the good shepherd, and I'm his sheep. The sheep know the shepherd's voice, the shepherd knows each sheep by name. That kind of intimate relationship leads to the fact that whatever happens, God's going to guide us through every situation. God will provide for us everything we need in any situation, and he will abide with us every day that we live. Doesn't matter what the stock market has done. 
Doesn't matter how good our football team is or how bad it is. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He will be with us and walk with us. And then someday, someday, when we draw this last breath that we have, I had a was doing my taxes and the lady who was doing it sent me just a quick note and said, I need one thing. What's your expiration date? I thought, now listen, at my age, don't be asking my ex. She said, I mean on your driver's license. I said, oh, why didn't you say that? We all have an expiration date. But that expiration date is just a transition to a new kind of relationship that will be forever and ever and ever. For me, this is just a song for any season. Father, thank you for being the good shepherd. May I learn, may we learn what being your sheep really means. And oh God, all the benefits that come from that. And oh God, the responsibilities that go with it. May it be ours. Thank you every person here. Thank you for every person who is watching online. Oh God, may we know you in a more creative and a more dynamic way. In Jesus' name, amen.